For the next hour, you'll be leaving the show me state and entering the show me the money state. So stop what you're doing, grab a pen, and get ready to learn. Randy and Jake Floyd of Floyd Financial Group will be your guides for straight talk and honest answers about living the life you deserve in retirement. So So prepare prepare to to be empowered. Now, here are your show me the money hosts, Jake Floyd and Jeff Shea. Good morning and thank you so much. Welcome to Show Me the Money with Jake Floyd, the radio show that gives you the straight talk and honest answers you need to help you reach your wealth management and retirement goals through smart investing and careful planning. My name is Jeff Shade and I'm just here to ask the questions. But of course, the words of wisdom and solid advice come from Jake Floyd of Floyd Financial Group. Good morning, Jake. How's the Saturday treating you? You know, Jeff, it is the most wonderful time of the year. Isn't it, though? As Andy Williams famously <laughs> said, I don't know. You know, as I get older, it feels less and less like Christmas, even though the Christmas lights are up and so forth. Everybody else is in the holiday spirit. But still, you have you have a young one at home in Trevor, who's now 11 years old. How does he feel about Christmas? Is he as excited as I would imagine that he is? You know, he's not big on stuff, to be honest with you. Sometimes it's it's to our chagrin, right? That he's not big on receiving gifts that much. Um, he's he's very money conscious. Probably come as no surprise, but yeah, uh, right. you know, if I get him a gift, he's like, "Oh, you shouldn't have spent that much money on this, Dad." And I was like, "Hey." Wow. That's why we make money so we can, you know, spend it on those that we love and uh, that That's kind right. of thing. And but yeah, I think uh, he he's going to be a very responsible adult. I'm I'm a little worried he's going to be too responsible. Well, he's a chip off the old block, I guess, too. Having you as a dad and of course Randy as a grandfather, that's not all bad. But of course, when Santa comes down the chimney, I know that we have a lot of youngsters who are tuning in to show me the money. I say facetiously, but I'm with you. I mean, Christmas to me is about giving. Really, there is just nothing more joyful than when I. Hear Here's someone who really enjoyed something that I gave them, or as your dad does, and as we're starting to do too, there was a local family who had been displaced by a fire. Boy, I'm telling you, the community is really rallying around these people to make sure that they have a great Christmas. So remember those less fortunate than you at this Christmas time, and also remember what the real meaning of Christmas is. It's not about Santa Claus necessarily. So uh, that's going to be my little statement for today. But Merry Christmas, everybody. That blessed day is going to be upon us here in just a about nine days. Okay, well, let's talk about how blessed the market is and how blessed current events are, Jake. I understand that there is some <laughs> forecast here about the S&P 500 and what they're really saying about the uh, stock market. Yeah, I want to back up just for a second. And like you said, Jesus is the reason for the right, season. Right, and, right. Uh, I'm not holding back, not pulling any punches. We're not yeah. hiding behind happy holidays or anything like that. There's one reason for Christmas and there's one reason that we exist. It's important to be close to family, but also pull close to our creator during this special time of year. So as we get closer to Christmas, uh, you know, it's something that's very important to reflect on, especially with all the world events and things that are going on. It's easy to get distracted uh, by all that, as as you said, the, the right. blessed current events. I think there's a lot of people that don't think it's very blessed out there right now. But um, speaking of the Bible and things like that, how surprised everybody is by the whole Israel conflict. And mm-hmm. uh, it's written very clearly that conflict is going to continue over there for as long as time lasts. And, right. and you know, no man knows how long that's going to be. Yeah, as far as current events are going, Jeff, I think that the forecasts are starting to roll in for 2024. Each year, the analysts from all the different investment banks, uh, you know, roll out their forecasts for the next 12 months for the S&P 500 and a lot of other things too. But the S&P 500 is always a an interesting one to watch, and so we've got estimates from 4,200 S&P all the way up to 5,400 S&P. You know, I'm going to I'm going to say this and uh, I think the potential exists for all these to be too low. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure the highest one is high enough, especially if a few things were to go correctly. If it starts to look like we're going to take the presidency back, uh, a Trump nomination definitely is, uh, you know, again, regardless how you feel about Trump, the market's going to like that. He's they're going to assume that he's going to bring certainty to the situation, lower the corporate tax rate. Ed Yardini has the target at 5,400. He's the only one above 5,200. So I think the market could land somewhere between 52 and 5,400, but we'll see what happens. 
toward the end of next year, it could get a little bit more tumultuous, if you will, depending on what happens with the election and who tries to do what with that. Well, I don't know how our listeners feel, Jake, but I get the feeling that for me, at least, the worst is behind us. And I don't know, maybe it's because I'm just responsible. I don't use a, a lot of credit. And if I do use credit, I generally paid off within 30 days. But I feel like things are really coming out of the dark era that we had here the last year or so. When I look at mortgage interest rates, they're down a bit. And some forecasters are saying they could be down to 6% by the end of 2024. That's interesting that this article says this, but yet look at other articles and they say a severe recession may be coming in 2024 as the stock market, job market flash warning signs. What do you make of these diametrically opposed views? Well, I think that you can find an article to back up any view that you have. Um, You know, if you have a a controversial view, just go put it into Google. I promise you somebody else has had that view before and they, they have written about it. I would say this, that we need to remember that the stock market is not the same as the economy. Right. Those are two totally separate things. And I think a lot of people lump those two things together. So I personally think that it really depends on who we get as the next president of the United States. If we have Trump or DeSantis or Vivek Ramaswamy, I agree with you. I think the worst is behind us. If we end up with another four years of Biden somehow... The worst may not be behind us. It just depends. The importance of this election cannot be overstated. You know, a lot of the problems that are happening right now can all be fixed with relative ease with the right leadership a year from now. The question is, can these problems be fixed five years from now if we have to endure another four years? And I'm not sure that the answer to that question is yes. We really need a change in leadership. And if we have that, a lot of these things can get fixed. I think the economy can really begin to mend because some of the mending in the economy is a little bit superficial based on, you know, oil coming down, people spending money they don't have, that kind of thing. But really what we have to watch to determine whether or not things are going to get worse is the jobs market. So far, the jobs market has held out pretty well. Um, Last week, we had a little bit of a, a little bit of a jobs number scare, but it turned out to not be in the official numbers later, uh, quite as severe as it looked on on the job openings number. So if we really start to see weakening in the jobs market, that's going to affect people's ability to pay back their debt, mm-hmm. make their gigantic house payments that they overspent on their houses. It's really going to affect that. If, if we don't see weakness in the job sector, I think people can continue the status quo. And if we can get some jobs, you know, some wage growth and that kind of thing, some real wage growth, meaning how much they're making minus inflation. You know, if we can see that number start to go up under a new president, I think that would also be a really good thing. And it would help drive markets higher, but also strengthen the economy. But I do think the potential exists for the next six to eight months for the economy to weaken somewhat while the market still goes higher, looking through all the temporary weakness to a new president, a new leader. Um, I think that's probably my base case for 2024 is that we're going to see economic conditions start to deteriorate a little bit, but the market isn't going to care and it's going to keep going higher and people are going to be scratching their heads going, how is this market going up? And and the answer is the market is not the economy Mm -hmm. and the market always is looking to the future to price in the available information today. Jake, I know at this time of the year, you've been doing a lot of reviews and you meet with new clients all the time as a result of the radio show. When people come in to you, what would you say is their number one concern about uh, 2024 moving forward with their investments? What is the thing that they're worried most about? I think most people that come to see me are convinced that there's going to be a crash coming. Um, And a lot of that's due to the Glenn Becks of the world and people, you know, fear mongering and that kind of thing that really don't know what they're talking about. They're just trying to sell gold uh, on an ad right after that part of the show. So I think it's always important to consider your source when you're listening to information, right? Certainly the mainstream media has proven to be borderline worthless over the last you know, uh, yeah. couple of years here. They're clearly catering to their advertisers and things like that. It's really become clear that you can't trust almost any of the mainstream media at this point, in my opinion. And so as we're thinking about what's coming, and I think there's a lot of people hearing a lot of negativity What I would suggest is I think a lot of that negativity is already priced in. A really severe recession probably is not priced into this market, and World War III is also not priced Mm. into this market. But I think almost all the other eventualities are already in there. Otherwise, the market would be quite a bit higher than it is right now. So I would just say that you know staying invested at this point is probably going to be the the theme of 2024, where it's going to be maybe a little scary in some points, 
we're going to want to stay invested and make sure that we don't miss what comes next. Because I think even in the short term, but then also in the long term, I think markets are going to churn higher. So I think the takeaway, if I'm hearing you correctly, Jake, is to tune out all of the noise. I mean, it's hard because, you know, we're interested in what's happening in the world and you watch TV and you listen to the radio and you read the Internet. All of this news out there. And of course, as human beings, we're somewhat emotional. We do react to that. But correct me if I'm wrong, Jake, but what you're saying is tune out the noise. Take a look at what's on the page in front of you. And if you need professional advice, get that somebody who does not have an axe to grind. Yeah, and we're going to talk about in the next few segments here some of the ways you can evaluate your retirement health, uh, how prepared are you for retirement, or if you're in retirement, how is it going, and maybe some steps you can take to help ensure that things go according to plan, even in a negative environment if necessary, because there will be negative environments. Again, I just personally don't think that they're on the on the we're on the cusp of one right here. There's just, there's just too much negativity. What's likely to happen is any kind of good news is going to make this market want to run up higher. So stay with us here on Show Me the Money. There's a lot more to come. And Jake, I know that a lot of people have questions. Well, if you need answers, then we suggest that you request your no cost, no obligation, and no judgment. Floyd Financial Group Retirement Review. You can do it this weekend by calling 417-889-7233. 417-889-7233. When you call, you'll get a friendly voice on the other end of the line. That is, if you call on Monday now, if you want to call this weekend, simply leave your information and Ashley will get back to you to set up an appointment for you to get in and sit down and talk with Jake or Randy if he's in the office to put you on a path towards a successful retirement. Again, remember, no time like the present. It is towards the end of the year. Get 2024 off to a good start by calling 417-889-7233 and requesting your no-cost, no-obligation Floyd Financial Group Retirement Review. You can also do it online at floydfinancialgroup.com. It's floydfinancialgroup.com. Time for a break, Jake. We'll be right back with more of our show right here on 104.1 FM KSGF, where Springfield comes to talk. Along with death and taxes, there's one other near certainty you need to plan for in retirement inflation. Inflation can erode your buying power slowly but surely, and if not planned for, may cause you to run out of money in retirement. Floyd Financial Group in Springfield recognizes that and uses strategies that can help fight inflation from eroding your savings. In their more than 20 years of helping people just like you, they've seen how improper planning for rising inflation can devastate a retirement plan. If you'd like to talk about a retirement plan that could last 30 plus years and includes a plan to fight inflation, call for your no-cost, no-obligation, no-judgment financial review by calling 417-889-7233, 417-889-7233. Or request it online at floydfinancialgroup.com. That's floydfinancialgroup.com. Financial planning offered through Floyd Financial Group, LLC, an investment advisor registered in the state of Missouri. When you're driving, you know how important it is to keep your hands on the wheel and stay focused. When it comes to your retirement journey, does it seem like your financial advisor is asleep at the wheel? Hi, this is Jake Floyd at Floyd Financial Group. As advisors, we're focused and in control of your wealth management and retirement planning. Every day, we scan the financial horizon for hazards, as well as opportunities to help ensure your retirement journey is as smooth as it can be. Each plan we design is individually tailored to your wants, your needs, and your goals. You're unique, so why shouldn't your plan be? We have the right tools and experience to help you thrive in retirement, not just survive. If you'd like to see how we can help you, call us for a no-cost, no-obligation, and most importantly, no-judgment financial review. Call 417-889-7233. That's 417-889-7233. You can also request your complimentary review online at floydfinancialgroup.com. Investment advisory services offered through Floyd Financial Group, LLC. Ready for another helping of some more real money talk? Thought so. Now, here's another serving of Show Me the Money with your hosts, Jake Floyd and Jeff Shea. Welcome back to Show Me the Money. I'm Jake Floyd, and in this segment, we're going to be talking about how to measure the health of your retirement plan. One of the questions I get a lot in this office here when I have meetings is, how do I know if I can retire? Am I ready to retire? And Jake, you know, I just recently went to the doctor because I have an annual physical. I want to get some sort of a gauge on my health. And I think that at least once a year, if not more frequently than that, it's a good idea to gauge the health of your retirement plan. So 
Jake, there are a number of things that would indicate that you are healthy in retirement. So let's start with that and talk about passive income. That is a very important part, I think, of a retirement plan. Do most people have passive income? And how do you tell if your passive income is healthy? So everybody, or almost everybody, is going to have uh, some passive income. So obviously, Social Security would be a passive income, right? Or a pension plan would be passive income. And so depending on you know who you are and where you've worked um, is going to determine a lot about how the passive income works. The more passive income you have, the, the easier it is to make ends meet in retirement, right? So if you have worked at place that provides a good pension, and it's not a government pension, so you don't have an offset of your Social Security... You know, sometimes people have three, four, five thousand a month in guaranteed retirement income. So that obviously goes a long way to get you to to where you want to go. As a lot of people are concerned about listening to this show, um, you know, Social Security may be changed in the future. And so we have to be a little bit careful with relying too heavily on Social Security because we simply don't want to be at the mercy of what uh, the people in Washington are doing, the fine Congress people in Washington. Um, and I say that uh, with an asterisk. I think that they have a history of doing some dumb things, and I'm a little concerned about what they may or may not do with Social Security. But as long as we plan a appropriately for that, I think that determining how much passive income we have is the first step in understanding how much total income we need when we factor in our investments. And the health of your Social Security, there's not a lot that we can do to affect the health of your Social Security. As you said, it's out of our hands, but those few people who do have pensions, how would I gauge the health of my pension plan? Yeah, Jeff. So each year we get uh, you get a statement on uh, your pension, the health of your pension. So you'll be able to go through and look at Okay, how well-funded is the pension, that kind of thing? If everything looks like it's well-funded, then you're probably in the clear. If the health of the pension is less good, that's something we can talk about, and we can figure out ways to generate income in the event that the pension starts to be less healthy. You know, we saw some other pension plans out there over the last few years that had a little bit of trouble. And people are still getting paid, but they may be getting paid a little bit lesser amount. But most pensions, by and large, you're going to get what you're supposed to get. And that's been the case for a long time. Yeah. And there are some choices when you're offered a pension that you can make. And for many people, it's whether I take the lump sum or I take the monthly annuity. And if you think your pension is probably in a little bit of trouble, maybe you want to take the lump sum so you're not subject to the pension going south just when you need it. We're talking about some ways that you can gauge the health of your retirement plan. We've talked about passive income. The next one, Jake, is going to be your effective tax rate. How can we gauge the health of that? Yeah, so I think a lot of people, when they're in their earning years, um, you know, they make a little more income than they do in their retirement years. But in a lot of cases, they're in a, a higher tax bracket, right? So you're paying more in taxes, you're paying Social Security taxes, you're paying FICA, you're paying you know, potentially health insurance out of your check before you get it. So maybe if you're making $100,000 a year, you may only be seeing 50 or 60,000 of it by the time everything comes out of there. So when it comes to your effective tax rate, a lot of those things are going to be you know, moving away there. If you have a lower overall income in retirement, uh, you may also be in a lower tax bracket and therefore a lower effective tax rate. And so that's a major part of considering, you know, how much money do I need in retirement based on how much I need versus how much is coming in is really what determines whether or not you're ready to retire. Sometimes it's easier to reduce outgo than it is to increase right. income. Let's say you have a 30-year mortgage that you have almost paid off, right? You're five year, you have five years left of your 30-year mortgage. Let's say your payment is $1,000 a month, but your balance is... I don't know, $30,000, right? In some cases, it may make sense to pay off that mortgage to get rid of that house payment because to generate $1,000 a month, I really need $200,000, $220,000 to really effectively create that income. But if I can eliminate that payment with just $30,000, that improves the cash flow situation. So understanding your overall effective tax rate is an important part of determining whether or not you're ready to retire. You know, if you're still going to be in a higher tax bracket, we need to make sure we're accounting for that. Depending on how much income you have, we also have this, uh, it's not really a tax, but Medicare is means tested. So if you make too much money in retirement, you're also going to be paying more money for your Medicare Part B. So we need to keep an eye on that as well. We're talking about the health of your retirement plan with Jake Floyd of Floyd Financial Group. We've talked about effective tax rate and also passive income. The next one is cash flow ratio, Jake. Yeah, so your cash flow ratio is really how much money is coming in versus how much money is going out. And so 
a lot of people during their working years are just trying to make as much money as they can. And so when you get into retirement, it's a little bit different game. It all becomes about cash flow. Do you have enough money to cover your expenses and your fund money? And that that is really the essence of whether or not you're ready to retire. You know, do you have enough money to generate the income that you need? The answer to that is kind of all over the board, right? It depends on what you want to do in retirement, it depends on what you fill your time with. A lot of the questions that I ask people when they come in to see me, yes, we talk about overall finances, but I do ask quite a few questions about what you like to do with your time. Do you have family close by? How much time do you spend with family? Are you one of those people that likes to just camp out on the back porch and drink coffee, or do you want to travel the world, you know, because those have different price tags attached? So understanding, you know, what's important to you and what you want to have happen is the first step in determining whether you're ready for retirement. The second step is to kind of analyze what you have and see if we can get you to where you want to be. And finally, Jake, engaging the health of our retirement plan, the last one here is going to be horizontal asset allocation. When people think about asset allocation, a lot of times they're thinking about how many stocks do I own versus how many bonds do I own? Or do I have a diversified stock portfolio? What we mean is being diversified beyond just the stock market itself. Do we have other assets, either gold or annuities, life insurance, uh, real estate, you know, those types of things. And whether or not we're all tied to one of those markets If we're tied to all just the stock market, that presents a different kind of risk where we need to maybe have a little bit more money than we would have otherwise, simply because we we don't want to just bank on the stock market to always be great. Diversifying away from just the stock market may really make sense in helping shore up the defenses, if you will, uh, on your retirement plan. And Jake, I think the biggest challenge for our listeners in this conversation is having the know-how and the technology to pull all this data together and make sense of it. So if you're one of those listeners who is saying to themselves, how can I pull this all together and gauge whether or not my retirement plan is healthy? I want you to give us a call here at Floyd Financial Group at 417-889-7233 and request a conversation with Jake so that you can gauge the health of your retirement plan. You know, before you get to that stage four where you really can't do anything about the health of your retirement plan, we want you to sit down with Jake, have a conversation, as I said, while you still have the options to change things and make your retirement better. No cost, no obligation for this chat, just a friendly conversation with Jake to put you on a path towards a successful retirement and uncover some blind spots that you can do something about while you still have a chance. Once again, that number to call 417-889-7233. Consider it a community service to you to answer your questions with no cost and no obligation. Once again, 417-889-7233. You can also request your complimentary plan online at floydfinancialgroup.com. If you're just joining us, this is Show Me the Money with Jake and Randy Floyd. I'm Jeff Shade. If you want to hear the show again, don't worry. We're also a podcast. Just go to wherever you get your podcasts and search for Show Me the Money with Jake and Randy Floyd. You'll get this show and all of our past shows so that you can stay on top of your wealth and your journey towards a successful retirement. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back with more of our show right here on 104.1 FM KSGF, where Springfield comes to talk. With recent sharp increases in government spending and a U.S. budget deficit in the trillions of dollars, it's no secret that tax increases may be in our future. Inadequate tax planning could derail your quality of life in retirement. Floyd Financial Group in Springfield knows this. That's why accounting for tax increases is a big part of the retirement plans they build. They're looking forward in your tax future to find opportunities to reduce your taxes wherever possible. Wouldn't you like to know that you're not overpaying on taxes? If you'd like to talk about a retirement plan that could last 30 plus years and includes a tax minimization strategy, call for your no-cost, no-obligation, no-judgment financial review at 417-889-7233. That's 417 417- 889-7233 or request it online at floydfinancialgroup.com. That's floydfinancialgroup.com. Financial planning offered through Floyd Financial Group, LLC, an investment advisor registered in the state of Missouri. Planning for that big family vacation can sometimes seem overwhelming. Now imagine what it must be like planning out a retirement that could last 30 years. Hi, this is Jake Floyd at Floyd Financial Group. We've been taking planning for retirement off the shoulders of people like you for more than 20 years. 
We assess what you have and design a plan that's broken down into bite-sized pieces so you understand how your money is going to work for you. Our plans help account for inflation, an uncertain market, and just the what-ifs that happen in all of our lives. And because we operate by the fiduciary standard, your interests are put ahead of ours. If you'd like to have a retirement that happens for you, not to you, call us for a no-cost, no-obligation, and most importantly, no-judgment retirement review. Call 417-889-7233. That's 417-889-7233 or request it online at floydfinancialgroup.com. Investment advisory services offered through Floyd Financial Group, LLC. Ready to climb a mountain of financial know-how? Good, because it's time for more Show Me the Money with your financial Sherpas, Randy and Jake Floyd. Welcome back to Show Me the Money. I'm Jake Floyd. In this segment, we're going to be talking about five steps that will help you toward a safe, secure, and fun retirement. And Jake, retirement planning, I mean, that's a multi-step process that evolves over time. So in this segment, I want to talk about some steps that will help you towards, the, as you said, a safe, secure, and fun retirement. The first one is going to be understanding your time horizon. And we have talked about this previously on this show. We've talked about it on past shows that many times people don't quite understand their time horizon when it comes to retirement. I think this can be can go a lot of different ways. We ha- sometimes I get younger people come in, you know, that are in their twenties or thirties or forties. Their time horizon is their greatest strength, right? Because the problem that most people have is they don't have thirty or forty years ahead of them to get ready for retirement. Versus a twenty-year-old who absolutely has that much time, right? And so they can afford the more ups and downs of the market in order to make more return. You know, so one of the things we look at with a younger investor. There's a there's kind of a little cheat sheet, if you will, out there called the Rule of 72. Mm-hmm. So the Rule of 72 says, take your rate of return and divide it into 72. And that tells you how long it takes for your money to double. Uh, an easy one there would be, if I make 7.2% per year, that means it takes 10 years for my money to double. And so when it comes to a time horizon, right, how many 10-year segments do you have? Do you have one or two 10-year segments left uh, in your in your time horizon, or do you have three or four? 100,000 becomes 200,000 becomes 400,000 becomes 800,000 relatively easily if you're very young. However, if you're close to retirement age and you're going to need to start pulling off that money at some point, you don't have as much time on your side. And so we need to be a little more careful with the risk. We need to be a little more careful with making sure that you have exactly what you're going to need to help you through retirement. And as an example, a 64-year-old who's planning on retiring next year, does not have the same issues around a rise in the cost of living as a much younger professional who's just entered the workforce. So if I'm hearing you correctly, as you age, the more your portfolio should be focused on income and the preservation of capital. And what I mean by that is that your risk tolerance as your age goes up, your risk tolerance generally should go down. But should there be a point in time where you have no risk at all or is risk a part of a good portfolio? Taking a risk is important, but taking a calculated risk uh, when we take risk is what we like to do. So when you're close to retirement like that, we definitely want to have a good portion of the money where we know that we can't lose it. So that if the market throws us a 2008 type scenario in the future, it's not going to devastate and make you have to go back to work. Taking the worst case scenario off the table is a very important part of a good retirement plan. But we do need to have a little bit of risk in the portfolio so that we can make enough money to replace Uh, what we're spending out of their income. And so there's a few people that can afford to take no risk, but generally it's those people that have saved a whole bunch of money, quite a bit more than maybe the average person has. So I, I wouldn't say that there's nobody that shouldn't take risk. Some risk is good. Too much of a good thing can be <laughs> can be a problem, right? Yeah. So come in and talk about your risk tolerance versus your risk capacity. And as you said, I think for some people, A little bit of risk should be in there because without risk, there really isn't an opportunity for very much reward. But I think it's a really personal thing. So we're talking about some steps to help you towards a safe, secure and a fun retirement. The next one, Jake, is going to be getting a realistic handle on what your spending needs are. That is something that a lot of people really don't understand. Yeah, I would say probably less than 2% of the people I see really understand what they're spending and what they're spending it on. And a lot of that is just due to the fact that during your working years, 
They've always made more than they needed, so they've never really had to watch or budget what they're spending. It is something as you get to retirement that budgeting is a little bit of a four-letter word where nobody really wants to talk about it, but it is mm-hmm. an important part of understanding how much you need asset-wise, how much you need return-wise, what's appropriate risk tolerance-wise based on how much money you're planning to spend in retirement. And it kind of goes back to the last segment where we take our passive income And then we need to add a certain amount of income to that to make sure we get to where we need to be in retirement. So understanding how much you're going to need is very important, but it is a lot of it is a factor of understanding that, again, most people that are making $100,000 are used to seeing maybe five or 6,000 a month of that. In retirement, you're not going to be funding 401k. You're not going to be funding social security. You're not going to be funding Medicare and FICA that really changes how much money you need to make quite a bit. You probably don't need to make the same amount of money in order to make it feel the same. That's one of the big things that we're going to drill down on when you come in for a review is really understand what we're spending and how that's going to change based on where the retirement income comes from. And Jake, you mentioned the round figure of $100,000. If you're needing $100,000 in order to pay the bills and save a little bit when you're working, is it a misunderstanding that you'll need $60,000 in retirement? Or do you still need the hundred, or do you need more? Can you live in retirement on the same as you could live on when you were working? Yeah, I would say the average person in this area, again, we're generalizing. I don't want to be too specific here because everybody can be, their situation can be quite different. But in my experience, most people probably need about 70 to 75% of their working income okay. um, in order to make it feel like it does now. And again, that's assuming that you're funding a 401k, you're you know obviously paying social security tax and all those things that go away. Um, We have to add back in Medicare costs, right? Because you have to pay Medicare, you have to pay for a supplement potentially. So we need to make sure we take a close look at health insurance and what that looks like. But in my experience, again, I'm not generalizing here, but in my experience, 70 to 75% of your working income is usually about what we target to make it feel like it does when you're working. We're talking about some steps uh, to ensure that you'll have a safe, secure, and a fun retirement with Jake Floyd of Floyd Financial Group. We talked about understanding your time horizon, determining your spending needs. The next one, Jake, again, here come those taxes, calculating your after-tax return rate. When we're looking at investment returns, and again, as you said, after-tax rate of return, most people don't have a whole lot of tax-exempt income. So we'll just kind of take this question from your overall investment rate of return. I think that having realistic expectations in retirement is is very key because if you're planning on spending 7% of your money per year thinking you're going to make 10 and you're going to grow your money, while that's possible that could happen, it's also possible that uh, that could go against you real quick and in a hurry. And what we don't want to do is get into a scenario where we're spending down money to live each month. And so understanding what your current rate of return is and has been as well as what it's going to be in retirement is a very key part of putting the plan together and so you know if we can earn six or seven percent and we're withdrawing maybe five percent you can see how the money would continue to grow a little bit and replace you know what we're spending and so in a lot of cases that's more the scenario that we're going for but sometimes i get people that come in and say hey you know, I want to make 12% a year. And usually I just kind of show those people the door because I'm not willing to take the kind of risk that is associated with making those types of returns. You need to be ready to see 50 and 60% drawdowns in bad years. And in retirement, that's usually just a recipe for disaster as you're taking money out. And Jake, it sounds like sometimes that people do have unrealistic expectations and you're there to manage those expectations. As you said, it is not impossible, but many times it is improbable. So the next one on our list to make sure that you're going to have a safe, fun retirement is going to be assessing risk tolerance versus investment goals. And I want to really frame it this way. I mentioned earlier risk capacity versus risk tolerance. They're really two different things. Yeah, so your risk tolerance speaks to how you feel about risk. You know, are you do you have a more panicky type personality? If things don't go your way, are you are you likely to try harder or take your ball and go home, mm-hmm. right? And so that's that's what risk tolerance is about. Risk capacity is how much risk can you afford to take? Meaning, have you saved more than you need and therefore you can afford to risk more or are we kind of on the bubble with how much money we've saved versus how much we need out of it? And we really need to make sure we don't lose any money. Uh, Everybody can be a little bit different on that spectrum, but we definitely look at risk from those two different angles where a lot of firms only look at risk tolerance. 
And when I think of risk, I think about Charlie Munger. Of course, he died recently, and he talked about investing and the analogy of a card game, and it leads me to that Kenny Rogers song. You got to know when to hold them. You got to know when to fold them. You got to know when to walk away, and you got to know when to run. We're talking with Jake Floyd here at Floyd Financial Group about ways to determine whether or not you'll have a safe and fun retirement. Our final one here is staying on top of estate planning. Now, that is a very important thing that I think a lot of people overlook. Yeah, I agree, Jeff. And even if you have done a trust in your lifetime, you know, sometimes I have people that come in with a trust from the 90s, you know, and it still says in the trust who who gets the kids if something happens to them, you know, and maybe your kids are now 35 with their own family, right? <laughs> yeah, so, 40, yeah. And so in a lot of cases... You know, just kind of reviewing those things periodically and making sure that it still says what you want it to say. Families change, things change, people right. fall in and out of favor, you know. And so you want to make sure that you're you're paying attention to what your trust says and make sure it says what you want it to say. But also uh, things like financial powers of attorney, for example. Um, it's good to get those updated from time to time as laws change. You know, sometimes a bank may not like a power of attorney if it's more than 10 years old or five years old or whatever, simply because they're not sure if it's the most recent power of attorney. How can they know if you have replaced it or not? In order to make sure all that goes as smoothly as possible in a crisis situation, having your powers of attorney updated every so often is a good idea, too. Again, I'm not an attorney. I'm not giving legal advice. So I just want to make sure I throw that out there. However, um, some of the things that we see, you know, when we're looking at estate plans, a lot of people set them up once and then don't think about them for a long time. So it is good to drag those out, blow the dust off of them and, and take a look from time to time. And Jake, I think the takeaway from this conversation is that now more than ever, the burden of retirement planning is falling on individuals. So if you want to make sure that you're having a safe and a fun retirement or you're on that path to have that and a secure retirement, at least as secure as it can be, we invite you to call Jake at Floyd Financial Group and ask these particular questions and get the answers that apply specifically to you. Everybody's going to be a little bit different. How can you get your plan? We'll call 417-889-7233. It really is quite that simple. We talk about this all year, Jake, and I don't think that there's any better time than the present to do that. I mean, we're just a couple of weeks before the end of 2023. Why not get 2024 off to a good start? Call 417-889-7233. Talk to Ashley and see the first opportunity that she has on the schedule for you to sit down and ask your retirement questions. After all, it's not going to cost you a dime, but it could uncover some blind spots that when addressed will put you on a path towards retirement, a retirement in which you not only survive, but you thrive. Once again, 417-889-7233 is that number. You can also log on to our website and request it there at floydfinancialgroup.com, floydfinancialgroup.com. Jake, let's take a break. We'll be right back with the final portion of Show Me the Money right here on 104.1 FM KSGF, where Springfield comes to talk. Hi, this is Randy Floyd from Floyd Financial Group. At Floyd Financial Group, we pursue excellence in the delivery of wealth and comprehensive retirement planning. We help you develop a plan to achieve specific outcomes so that you can use your life savings to make an impact you desire. We speak your language so you can clearly understand all the components of your plan. Here at Floyd Financial Group, our client relationships are at the core of everything we do. We cherish the relationships we've built with our clients over the past years, and we have earned their trust and confidence in our retirement process. Retirement should be more than about just money. It should be about the people and things that are most important to you. If you'd like to meet with us to discuss your life goals and financial opportunities, schedule a free financial review with no obligations. Our number is 417-889-7233. That's 417-889-7233. Or visit us online at floydfinancialgroup.com. That's floydfinancialgroup.com. Advisory services offered through Floyd Financial Group, LLC. According to a recent study, the average retiree can expect to spend about $295,000 on health care expenses during retirement, and a nursing home can cost upwards of $9,000 a month. Do you have a plan for how you're going to pay for that? Floyd Financial Group in Springfield has been helping people just like you by designing retirement plans to help pay for these expenses. They utilize strategies in their custom retirement plans that seek to account for health care and long-term care expenses so that you can enjoy a better quality of life in your golden years. 
If you'd like to talk about a retirement plan that could last 30-plus years and includes a plan to pay for health and long-term care, call for your no-cost, no-obligation, no-judgment financial review at 417-889-7233. That's 417-889-7233. Or request it online at floydfinancialgroup.com. Financial planning offered through Floyd Financial Group, LLC, an investment advisor registered in the state of Missouri. People of the Ozarks, step away from the fishing pole and prepare to be shown the money. Because we're back with more straight talk and honest answers with Jake Floyd and Jeff Shade. Welcome back to Show Me the Money. I'm Jake Floyd. In this last segment here, we're going to be talking about 10 things I've never heard my clients say. (laughs) I like the way you frame that, Jake. And I would imagine that in the years that you've been doing this, and certainly in the years that Randy has been doing this, some clients have passed away during your career. And, you know, they have said some interesting things, some words of wisdom. So let's talk about some things that they left you before they passed. What is the first one that you've never heard someone say? You know, Jake, I wish that I had worked at my job for an extra five years. That really just would have made my life if I would have spent another five years at my employer. And I I think, obviously, I've never heard anybody say that. But sometimes when people are struggling with when to retire, they're like, you know, maybe I should work another five years. Maybe I should do this. Maybe I should do that. I can promise you that 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 is definitely the top of the list of things nobody has ever said. Said nobody ever. And when you take a look at retirement plans, as we've said before, many times you're the bearer of good news. People come in and they say, well, Jake, you know, I think I got to work two, three, four, five years. Let's take a look at how that works. But then when you look at the numbers, do you often say to them, you could retire right now? That happens a fair amount of the time. Um, It's almost always sooner than what somebody uh, thinks in their mind is okay. You know, because a lot of people are like, well, I have to get to full retirement age. Mm -hmm. You know, people base what the FRA is at Social Security, and they're like, well, that's when I can retire. And so most people can afford to retire before that if they've given some thought to it prior to age 60, you know, and have funded a a 401k or something like that. Most people are in a position to do that. Not everybody, but a lot of people. I think usually the surprise is to the good side on whether or not uh, people are ready. And Jake, I know that there are some people listening to the program who are landlords here in the greater Springfield area. Have you ever heard anybody say, I wish I'd stayed being a landlord well into my 80s because I really miss the tenants and the toilets and the trash and the the landlord laws and all that sort of thing? You know, I do have some clients that have quite a lot of rental property. And I will say that that's probably one place where, at least in my experience, people that are that have quite a few rental properties tend to be pretty steadfast in doing those. Now, I'm sure that that's not always a a bundle of roses, uh, so to speak. In fact, I had one rental property and that was all it took for me to kind of swear (laughs) that off forever. However, if you have the right personality (laughs) and you also have the know-how to fix some of the things yourself, it can be very lucrative to be a landlord. So I don't want to take anything away there, but personally for me, I definitely would not uh, miss any of those things. And most of the time, If I have clients that sell their rentals as they get toward retirement, they definitely have a sigh of relief when it's gone. If somebody is, uh, let's say, 75, 80 years of age and they do sell their rentals, do you have opportunities for passive income? Not to say that being a landlord is a passive job because it certainly isn't. You're going to get those uh, calls in the middle of the night that there's something wrong with the toilet or you're going to go there to collect their rent because they haven't paid it and you found that they moved out a couple of weeks ago. Do you have options for people who have sold their investment real estate? Absolutely. And, um, you know, what's appropriate really varies a lot person to person. But I will say when it comes to real estate, people often over-romanticize their returns. Meaning, you know, if they have a property that's worth $100,000 and they're getting $10,000 a year in rent you're not actually collecting $10,000 a year. You know, you have other expenses, you have to maintain the property. And in a lot of cases, people are really only making five or 6% and they're doing it with a lot of work and a lot of stress. And so, you know, usually when people go to retire, they want to de-stress, not add stress. Not everybody, but by and large, people are looking to de-stress and spend time with grandkids and things like that. And so that's definitely something, one of the very main things that we do here is, you know, helping people generate retirement income and do it in a passive manner so that they can focus on the things they want to focus on. And I'm glad you pointed out that people many times overestimate the return on their investment when in reality you ask them, do you ever have to replace a roof? Oh, yeah, I had to do that. How much did that cost you? Oh, it was like 20 grand. Okay, great. Anybody ever move? Oh, yeah, I had some move outs. They were <laughs> yeah. vacant for a while. Yeah, they forget all this stuff. 
And when you drill right down, they're really not making what they thought they were making. So there are some alternatives to being a landlord into your 70s or 80s. Okay, another question. Have you ever heard anybody say, Jake, I wish I'd been more frugal in retirement so my kids could drive nicer cars when I die? <laughs> I, have, I, I have never heard anybody heard say that, that one, huh? but okay. um, I've, I've heard the opposite before. Um, I've heard I've heard people say, you know, I really want to spend every penny because I know my kid yeah. will just, you know, buy a Ferrari with my money mm-hmm. if I if I die, you know, or whatever. But I think that, uh, you know, we have people all over the spectrum there as far as, you know, some people want to save as much as possible to give as much as possible away. Those are fewer and far between. Most people are like, hey, I want to use the money while I'm here. If there's something left over, great. I saved it, you know, and I want to use it for my well-being mm-hmm. while I'm here. And so whatever your goals are there, you know, maybe you want to save it all and give it to the Humane Society. You know, um, I've, I've seen that several times. And mm-hmm. that's okay, too. There is no right or wrong answer. Uh, and maybe you do. Maybe you want to save it so that your kids can have a Mercedes, you know, when you're when you're in the box. But I doubt it. I think of the client who had $10 million and he was resisting going on a vacation because he said it's just too expensive. I can't afford it. The vacation would have been $30,000. So, you know, he was debating between taking a $30,000 vacation and leaving his kids, you know, $9,970,000. So you really got to consider that I don't really want my kids to be on a cruise or something and toasting me when I thought I couldn't afford going on that cruise. So consider that. Uh, The next one is going to be, I wish I'd spent more time on the Internet, Facebook or watching TV. Now, have you ever heard anybody say that? Definitely not. In fact, I think if if most people are honest, you know, they get on Facebook or whatever and you, you go down the rabbit hole and two hours later, you're still sitting there and it's like, wow, uh, yeah. what just happened to my two hours? You know, that's one of the reasons I personally don't ever get on Facebook, um, just because you have to know thyself. Right. And so if you if you start going down the rabbit hole. Uh, you'll end up uh, in the rabbit hole, right? <laughs> and, That's right. Uh, some some people can walk away from it easier than others, but there's a reason that uh, all those social media companies are massive and are huge advertising dollars and that kind of thing. It's because of the sheer amount of time people spent. In fact, a couple of years ago, they did a study and the average person spends six hours a day on social media. Wow. Uh, That's 25% of your life. That's insane. Oh my gosh. Um, Put it away. Put the (laughs) phone down occasionally. Um, You know, some people it's Netflix, right? Some people like to sit and binge watch a show over the weekend. They watch 12 straight hours on a Saturday or whatever. I don't think people are thinking about how finite their time is when they're doing those things. Yeah. I just spent one one thousandth of my life watching this show. <laughs> you know, now I only have 999 left. You know, and when you think about it in those terms, I mean, that's 25% of your that's life. crazy. If I spent six so, minutes on social media, it would be a little more than I need. I mean, there's only so many cop shooting videos and pimples popping and cat videos and things like that <laughs> that you can actually watch. <laughs> and it seems like that's what social media is. You know, but Netflix is a little bit different thing. It isn't quite social media, but, you know, knock off the social media. Spend a little more time doing something that is productive. We're talking about some common retirement regrets with Jake Floyd here of Floyd Financial Group. I've never heard anybody say, I wish I'd exercised less, but I want to move on to the next one. I wish I hadn't traveled so much and enjoyed myself, and I wish I hadn't seen the world. I've never heard anybody say that. Have you, Jake? No, I think I think that a lot of people overestimate how long they will be healthy enough to do things. Right. So I have, I have people that are convinced that they're not going to live five years in retirement, which is the other end of the spectrum, and then 20 years later, they're still here. I probably more commonly go, hey, you know, we'll save a little bit longer and we'll go on that trip. I mean, nobody is guaranteed tomorrow. Right. And I can promise you in my line of work, I see that a lot where somebody stops working. They Mm kind of lose that sense of purpose. They go home. They watch too much Netflix or whatever. And a few years later, they're gone. Be active like we talked about before, but also don't wait. Do the things that, that you've always wanted to do. Go do those things while you're still able to do those things. Nobody's guaranteed their health and nobody's guaranteed to even be here tomorrow. That's right. And your dad, Randy, I mean, he and your mother just recently went on a trip around the country to see all the national parks. They didn't quite get to every national park, but I mean, it's something that they've always wanted to do. And it was really a great thing for them. So, you know, if you do have the opportunity to get out and enjoy life and enjoy all the things that this great country has to offer, do it while you can still do it. If you want to go to Europe, do it now while you're in your go-go years. The next one is, I wish I'd spent less time with loved ones and friends and spent more time making money to leave to them someday. That's not something I've really heard very often. 
Yeah, I would say the opposite of this one is probably the biggest regret that people have in retirement is not spending more time with kids, grandkids, loved ones, and instead working, trying to get ahead. For what? What did I what did I do that for? You know, and I missed this and I missed that. So again, make sure you spend time with your loved ones. Again, as we're coming into Christmas, make sure you impart your wisdom onto your kids, your grandkids. And even if they don't thank you for it now, they will thank you for it someday, whether you're here to see that or not. And your legacy is that wisdom that you can impart onto them and, and leave them with. So this is definitely the one I hear probably the most is, you know, I work too hard and I let my family get away from me. Don't let that be you. And another common retirement regret that I have never heard is I wish I'd spend more time worrying about things outside of my control. And I think statistics show that most people worry about things that never happen. So my attitude is don't worry about them until they become a problem instead of just worrying about things that are not here just yet. The last one I want to talk about is I wish I'd volunteered less at my church and my favorite charities. Now, I know that you and your dad, Randy, do a lot of philanthropic things. So what's your comment on that one? Yeah, I think as a Christian, and I'm sure there's probably a lot of Christians listening to this show, you know, probably the biggest part of your legacy is what you did for the kingdom. Right. You know, that can be measured in a lot of ways, but I, th I think a lot of people, again, focused on careers and things instead of things that matter more, that are eternal versus uh, simply while we're here uh, on this earth. And so I think it's important to, to make sure we have all those things in perspective. Giving money to the church is one of those things, you know, and that may not be your thing, but um, again, as a Christian, that's not an optional thing to give money to the church. The first 10% belongs to the Lord. I can promise you that's the one place in the Bible it says to test him is to test him with the tithe and see that he will not pour out so much blessing in your life that you can't contain it. And I can promise you that for Randy and Lisa and Jake and Elizabeth here at Floyd Financial Group, that is absolutely the case. And so don't be stingy when it comes to the, uh, <laughs> to the things that matter in life, whether that's Christianity or whatever it is for you, you will not regret doing that. And if you have more than you need, give to those people who don't have as much as they need. And again, I know that your dad, Jake, and your mom, Lisa, every year pick out a family or two from their church or just anywhere they can find this family that's having a hard time. And uh, it gives them so much joy to bring a Christmas tree over, Christmas dinner, and to bring presents for those people less fortunate. So remember that those are words to live by here. And uh, certainly this has been a great conversation, common retirement regrets and how to turn things around for yourself here this holiday season. If you're listening to the program today, you'd like what you've heard, you want to get in and sit down with Jake here at Floyd Financial Group, really get yourself on a path to retirement. So once you get retired, you stay retired. It's quite simple. Call 417-889-7233 and request your no cost, no obligation and no judgment retirement review with Jake here or Randy at Floyd Financial Group. Again, it's not going to cost you a dime, but it could put you on a path that you're going to have a retirement that you not only survive, but you thrive in. Once again, 417-889-7233. Do it this weekend. If you would, leave your information. Ashley will give you a call back on Monday and set you up with that important conversation. 417-889-7233. Or you can also request yours online at floydfinancialgroup.com. Jake, out of time for this week. I want to thank you for your time. But most of all, as every week, I thank the fine listeners here in the glass bastion of Sanity Springfield, Missouri, for joining us. For Jake Floyd, I'm Jeff Shade. Have a great weekend. We'll talk again next week with another edition of Show Me the Money right here on 104.1 FM KSGF, where Springfield comes to talk. The information provided in the preceding program is for educational purposes only and are not intended as investment advice for any individual or entity. All information contained herein believed to be from reliable sources, however, we make no representations as to its completeness or accuracy. The opinions expressed are subject to change without notice and do not constitute financial, legal, or tax advice. Please consult your financial professional before executing any financial strategy. Financial planning offered through Floyd Financial Group, LLC, an investment advisor registered in the state of Missouri. Do you know who your financial advisor is working for? Do you know if they're a fiduciary? This is Randy Floyd from Floyd Financial Group. As a registered investment advisory firm, we're proud to be fiduciaries, which means we're legally bound to serve you and your best interest above our own. Advisors working for retail banks are held to a suitability standard, meaning their first legal obligation is to protect the banks they work for and maybe not you. 
At Floyd Financial Group, now more than ever, we're concerned about protecting your savings rather than taking more risks than you'd like to take in the stock market. At Floyd Financial Group, as fiduciaries, we're committed to your future and overall financial well-being, not to shareholders. If you're not sure who your financial advisor is working for, or if you're feeling unsure about your nest egg, call us today at 887-889-PLAN. That's 887-889-PLAN. Or visit us online at floydfinancialgroup.com to schedule a phone call or an online meeting. That's floydfinancialgroup.com. Are you giving your Social Security dollars back to the government? It happens every day to people who don't have an effective Social Security strategy. The right plan for accessing your Social Security benefits can mean tens of thousands of dollars to you and your spouse's retirement income. Don't make the costly mistake of being unprepared in retirement. Call Floyd Financial Group now for a free Social Security optimization report. Take advantage of proven strategies to help maximize your Social Security benefits. Call 877-889-PLAN today to learn more. 877-889-7526. 